Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Hello, my friends. How are you today? I hope you're well. And today, we're going to talk about all things spirit and science. And I guess not all things, I mean like a small list, but Shaylin, also self-proclaimed spirit junkie mom, has come on to join me about it because we want to talk about all the things with you. We're going to talk about our spiritual awakening experiences, how it felt like for us, because they're all completely different for everybody. Um, man, the discipline it takes to run your own business, possibly, no matter what your business is. And honestly, the conversation will probably just tree branch to a bunch of relatable content. So stick with us, read the description if you want to know more. Uh, right now, we're going to welcome Shaylin into the show. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing very well. How are you? <clears throat> oh, I'm good. I've been waiting for this. I know this is going to be fun. We've already had such a, a good time for the pre-intro. So thank you. Oh, we have. And then there was a point where I was like, why are we not recording this? This is gold. <laughs> this is so relatable. I'm That's sitting fun. here going, oh, me too, me too, me too. Um, mm -hmm. But before we dive down the rabbit hole together, tell us about yourself, what you do now, and then we can back up to uh, your evolution story. Yeah, how I, how I became the self-proclaimed spirit junkie mom. Yes. Which is really just, I sometimes, I feel like a business bestie, but I'm also like, I've been a bridesmaid like nine times. Like I'm just that person That's that so people true. can trust and can talk to. And um, I've been self-employed for 10 years. And so I created this space. It's at wealthy, wealthywoman.com, but I spell woman, W-O-M-B. A-N, woman, because <laughs> um, I, I know that that's really what makes us special and unique and our own little power hub there. And so um, I have a program. I have several different programs that I run within that, but it's essentially supporting women to become, because I'm doing it too with you, <laughs> the wealthiest version of ourselves. And that's something I think that makes that sets me apart is a lot of the things that I've seen. It's like, oh, well, I want to be like her. And I, I'm the wealthy woman now all perfected. And let me show you how I got here. Like that's so Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'm not. Very true. There's no curtain. There's no, cause that is what you would find. You would pull back my curtain and see that like, oh girl, you ain't got your shit straight. <laughs> like I know. So I'm just no curtain, no like golden brick road. I usually, you know, we're either, we find each each other, I'm, I'm becoming the wealthiest woman version of myself. And if that's the path that you're on too, I can probably help you with the digital side of that, the business side of that. But it's, it's about, so the space is always about so much more than that. The wealth is the I financial, love, the spiritual, the mental. Took the, the words right piece. out of my mouth. I said, let's pull apart wealthy though, because yeah. it can mean wealth. so many different things. It's not right. just and about like that dollar. Oh no, and I can I can preach that because I guarantee most of the people that look on even that know me in real life, not like online space, would look at me think that oh Shay's lived a really wealthy life. Mm 
when really I've been a pretty broke ass bitch the last time you was running my own business. I mean, I've had some like fun spurts of money, but I've also been a single mom and going through a spiritual awakening. I have Jack, I have sabotaged myself and I usually go for the financial groin like every time in myself. And so, but I have always felt wealthy because I've, you know, always made it about the whole picture and about and what my spiritual thing taught me really taught me was how to live beyond my circumstances that it's not even really about like the instant circumstances are old news what i'm looking at right now is like technically an old vibration old frequency and i get to choose what frequency i'm on regardless I love that you say that, though, because it even points like for me, it points to like gratitude practices. And they're like, if you're not grateful for what you have now, why do you think that you would be grateful when more came along? Would you even recognize that more came along or would you just be like, oh, it's still not enough. It's still not enough. It's still not enough. It really is just a weird cycle, kind of like when you say, oh, when this happens, then I'll be happy. And I think it's 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 really natural, especially as Americans, to feel that way. And so that's another important part about this, about my wealthy woman space is like, again, me acknowledging that I have not perfected this, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I'm still working on it. I'm just here to be your running buddy and offer you the resources free or paid when and how I can. But you can also be like, me too, me too. Because there's so, there's those people, whether, <laughs> whether they're the Oz curtain or not, where it's almost like an inferiority complex yes. at their success where you're like, how could I ever be to your level? Like you automatically yeah. compare and almost put people that are overly successful That's on a pedestal. Cool. Not saying that you're not working towards it, but... You went through so much in the last 10 years and maintained self-employment. So, I mean, I'll listen to that story any day than someone who actually had someone invest in their business. And you know what I mean? Like if you started your business from scratch, you really did everything. You built your audience, you built your client list with like $300 in the bank just because you had a passion. I want to listen to you because I want to know the thoughts that put your feet on the ground every day that told you every day I can do it when I feel like everything's against me. Because there are so many people out there that maybe they left these incredibly high paying jobs, cashed out a 401k, stock options, or had a killer savings account, and they had a minimum of 50 or 100k to go spend on advertisement and branding and websites and this and that. and. I, no wonder your stuff looks spectacular because you paid out the ass for it. So again, <laughs> I would rather talk to the creators, no, no offense to them. I want right. to talk to the creators that built their audience from scratch, that had to build their own website or even learn how to build a website because they can't afford all of the amenities that most people are just like, oh, you want to build a business? This is how you do it. And again, right. like I admire people that still build businesses with investors and money behind them. Don't get me wrong. We all want that. But if I'm like, if I'm going to go to an arena and listen to a motivational speaker, do I want the silver fed spoon that I can't relate to at all because I didn't grow up that way? Or do I want the person that could have been my next door neighbor that got out of some shit and made something of themselves? I'm going to go with option B, you know? Yeah. Never still to this day, I won't give up. Not giving up. 
I think that's I had, the best thing too. I have moments like that too, where I'm like, I must, I think I'm crazy for dreaming some days, right? Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah. I'm crazy for doing this. But then I, I believe in following your bliss and following your passions. And I mean, not giving up on yourself. We all are so gifted in so many different ways. And I think we were given those gifts for a reason. And some days we feel like that uh, character in that superhero movie, like he gets superpowers, he doesn't know what to do with it. He goes around different avenues where he thinks he can fit in or utilize this new skill and it doesn't work. You kind of get knocked down over and over and you pick up and you keep going, you pick up and you keep going. And I really think that, I mean, especially according to Abraham Hicks, because I love listening to them eight years sister been listening for eight years (laughs) yes oh man it'll just transform me while i'm brushing my teeth but they they always talk about how humans are so focused on the end result and as soon as i get there as soon as i get there and they're like you guys are literally missing that the journey and the experience is a part of it too and i i can accept that on a good day when my venmo's popping right? You're like, oh, everything's happening. But then when you hit like a little lull for a little bit, you're like, oh, this is what they're talking about. Like, this is still an experience. I'm the only one that's labeling it good or bad. Mm-hmm. So ding, it's really, ding, ding. really powerful I, to feel that way. Because again, yeah. transparency is the most important thing for me, especially if we're going to have a show called Safe Space where you have to come <laughs> and like slit your wrists on camera for people metaphorically because we'll talk about some things that are like I never thought I would tell people I experienced this because we all we all still want to hide behind our mask at some point of the day whether you're going out into an uncomfortable social situation whatever you're doing like you still just want to pipe back in and be like I'm successful I'm great I'm so happy but then I like over time you you said you had a spiritual awakening nine years ago yeah. Yeah, about nine. I'm on uh, like year four. So okay. I still have that time where I'm like, oh, my definition of success and their definition of success of what they're asking me are two different things. <laughs> and I look so crazy to a lot of people that live this profitability mindset <laughs> that I'm like, success to me is me actually just hitting publish and doing it and creating it and putting it out into the world. And the fact that, yeah, I showed up. As you are. That's my success. Yeah, as you are, as you're led to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, chills. Oh, by the way, everyone needs to know, (laughs) and you, these are called, these were once deemed my truth bumps. (laughs) So I get chills head to toe. Mm. I'm sweating a little bit right now and I still will get chills. When someone shares something that is so true from their heart, that resonance i get so activated for you (laughs) i love that though music makes me do that and i do have like even if someone's telling a ghost story right when someone starts to tell it and you're like immediately your skeptic comes in and they're like okay is this is this a real ghost story like they keep telling it and you're like chills dude freaking chill like I believe you. Like there's just something in your body where you I get to decide with yeah, your that own is your free body will. saying. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. Your body is saying I yeah. yeah. I freaking believe you when you say that. Yeah, it's it's um it's definitely a thing. Yeah. So so nine nine years ago, well and this is I'm gonna digress a little bit and I'll get back to the point. 
Welcome to conversation with Shaylin. <laughs> Digress. We tree branching on this Best. show, so do yeah. it. Tree branch away. We'll follow you. We got you. If you're driving right. along, keep keep with us. We have a story here mm-hmm. for you. So, it's yeah, it's all a story that will intertwine. So I was really um, transparent with you that yesterday I had a really manic day, really manic, and I had a really hard time coming out of it. And um, yay, finally did because my partner helped pull me out and um and he picked out a movie for me and this movie gosh movies and the synchronicity i don't give a shit what i watch movies will always find a way like to my heart to like help me interpret why i experienced the mania that i just did they get me i'm avengers movies will do it there is no limitation I have a son, so like, do you know how many times I've worked my life out through a superhero movie theory? Are you the superhero every time? Because I am. No. I am. (laughs) I'm like, I'm the superhero in this movie. This is me. This one, that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic. So he picked out this really good movie that I want, I suggest for everyone. I think it was on, on Amazon Prime, but it's called Joy. It's, um, one of Jennifer Lawrence's latest but the so I'm coming out of this manic Monday on a Tuesday and watching this movie and this movie intros with basically my spiritual awakening. It was this moment between like they had like a younger child who was in a cabin. That's where I keep my inner children is in this imaginary cabin. Okay, that's the whole thing. But the conversation with her grandma was like the same conversation with mine that set me off on my spiritual awakening. So rewind, I'm 24 years old. I have a four-year-old son and um, my business, I had had a salon open for a year. And my Nana, before my son was born, my Nana was my favorite person in the world. My Nana was the grandma in this movie. Like if y'all kind of want to know my story, go watch Joy. I related to it way too much. Um, the grandma in there, she was just, she always believed in me. And if I like half of the person, good person that I am is because of her. And, but the time came, she was 91 and her, her organs were starting to shut down. She was in the hospital and that's when the weird shit started happening. Okay. Before then I was just a regular kind of person. I've always been that person that people could talk to. And I've always been transparent. I don't know how not to be, by the way. I didn't even know it was like a thing until I realized that most people aren't. And people kept complimenting like, oh, Shay, you're so transparent. I'm like, thanks. Thanks. I'm just existing. Glad to know you're not. Describing (laughs) my human experience to you. Yeah, I didn't realize that most people did that. Anyway, interesting. The things I learned, though, between 19 and 24 were a lot of the lies. I'd been lied to about what adulthood was. And I was, I was furious. I was getting angry and angry about all the lies. And then now my Nana's dying and it's my week of my birthday and whatever. And all this weird stuff starts happening. Animals. It started with the animals. They were acting so weird with me that week. And I kept like brushing off, like whatever, Shay, you're just grieving. You're being silly. You know, (laughs) you like talk yourself down. So I meet my sister at the hospital one day to go see her and we get out of she gets out of her car and I get out of mine and up comes this huge huge dog 
But I'm like, that's a wolf. I'm like, Sandra, get back. That's a wolf. She's like, Shay, shut up. There's not a wolf. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, it's a husky. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's a wolf, guys. It was a wolf. It was huge. This was not a dog. It was huge. There's no collar. This thing was huge. It was not a coyote. This thing was huge in the parking lot. And its presence was terrifying. This was, I mean, this was a wild animal, you know, like a wild animal versus a domestic. There's a different energy to them. Yeah, they're feral creatures, and you have no clue what they're going to do. Next, and we're standing 10 feet from it, and I'm like, let's just let him go first. Yeah, this is not Twilight, you know? Jacob Black is not coming up to escort you to the hospital right now. No, he's not, and I never saw the movie, so I wouldn't know if he was. (laughs) I got you on that. So I know my sister, I'm like holding her back so she didn't go, and he starts walking. And so I'm like, okay. Mind you, this whole time I had been having energetic connections with animals, but just like, nah, 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 silly. Were you like disregarding it and skeptical of it? Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're just, your grandma's dying. So that's why you're, you know, thinking that way. Mm-hmm. So we go in, and the way that the hospital is, there's like a, sliding door open door and then you go through and then so the wolf goes into the hospital do we like follow it to the parking lot and i thought it was gonna keep going he goes into the hospital right past the valet guy and he's now standing in that middle part so he's not all the way in the hospital yet just like the entryway and me and my sister are right behind him like it's a wolf it's a wolf and she's like shut up you're so stupid the whole time <laughs> she's five years older and still way asleep and <laughs> i'm like let me just ask it to go. <laughs> we just stand still because I didn't want to scare it like and have it be loose in the hospital for real. But your sister was saying it too. So it's not like you were saying a spirit animal. That you no, were, this was a real like creature. a real creature. That's the tricky I, part about it. I this. thought that that lake I saw it, but I don't know. I was too caught up. So I'm like, just go, buddy. And waved him. He stops, turns at us, walks out. He starts to walk and like the way that the hospital is, okay, so you like go out and it's like turn and then you turn a sh- corner and then there's a parking lot, right? So I had to start following him. I'm like, I got to get a picture because she's not going to back me up that this was a wolf. <laughs> I got to go get a picture. So since he was more than 10 feet away from me, I decided I'd go and get a picture. Well, he was kind of trotting now away and he goes around that corner and I'm around that corner maybe three max five seconds later cheyenne he's gone he's gone it's literally out of a movie i he i thank god my sister saw it otherwise i'd still think i was crazy to this day because he was and it was like open like it was an open parking lot there but no cars like there was open space there was he was gone i just stood there and waited and he was gone so fine no picture but at least she saw it so i'm not totally crazy we go into the hospital and my nana had been moved from where she was prior so now they're taking us to the new room and i go in and she's there and my aunt's there and i go to the window that window overlooks the exact spot where that dog disappeared or that wolf disappeared too interesting that's the room that Mm-hmm. that the talk would then happen in. And I, I was like, oh, 
so then I, you know, of course, like later look up what wolf means and like spiritually and they're like messengers and of like death and all that stuff. So, okay, that's weird. I go back home. Um, I decide I was going to a candlelight yoga class at the time. It was amazing. That also helped me. That forced me to come awake. Like that yoga teacher was like, when you'd be in that yoga and the candlelight, I think helped too. It was like a total, it was like a mind fuck. Like you couldn't help but to connect to a whole nother ether that you, you're like, I don't want to do this, but I have to, because this is making me like, and it was like that times 10 because my Nana was dying and I did that class and I cried a lot, came home, was going to shower and then go see her. So I turn on the shower. I'm like naked, but you know, going to get in the shower and I get this impulse to bring blueberries so I'd naked go downstairs, wash blueberries, put them in a bag, put them in the freezer. Next thing I know, I'm back at the shower, not really remembering doing that. It was like, that was really weird. Felt like deja vu. I'm just going to get in the shower now. Mm-hmm. In the shower, I'm going to hospital. It's like nine o'clock at night with this frozen bag of blueberries. I felt really weird, like I was smuggling them in or something. Just felt weird. I didn't know why I was bringing them. <laughs> <laughs> I made them. I didn't know I was bringing them. Just fucking doing what I was told to. Okay. Right. I feel that. So show up in the hospital in her room and my brother and sister-in-law are in there. And and by this time, like Nana was, was almost gone. Like, you know, their eyes are, her eyes were grayed over and she couldn't even make eye, eye contact. They're like looking beyond you. And um, held her hand, let her know that I was there. And I said, Nana. I brought blueberries. She's like, you did? I said, yeah, I don't know why. (laughs) So, oh, well, can I have some? And this is all, I mean, very slow talk, right? Because she had very little life left. But with every blueberry that she ate, I shit you not, her eyes become more clear and clear. And my Nana had light crystal blue eyes. And the grayness fades and she starts talking faster and um, she's, you know, and I, I asked her, I said, do you want Sean or I to stay again tonight? Or do you want, do you want space? Do you want the room to yourself? And she goes, oh, no, no, honey, you need to, you need to just, and this is when she does the classic, like, handhold that, like, I don't know if you have a Nana or a Mima or a Grandma or what, you know, whatever y'all have, but they do that classic old people handhold. It's mm-hmm. real precious. You know, <laughs> you grasp know my hand. And she says, honey, you need to go home and um, and take care of your babies. And that then turned into a conversation. I don't know how long it was. I don't know where we went. But she took me to see how what my life could be and what my life was. We just talked and we cried. And I could, I could hear my brother and sister-in-law crying in the corner. And it was cool because my Nana and I had had special conversations like that my whole life like I'm a conversationalist because of her I'm transparent because of her Mm -hmm. and no one else had ever been able to witness those conversations until our last one Mm. I could just hear him crying in the corner and but yeah and she just she basically I don't know what she said but what I what I remember what she the point she made was that I needed to change the way that I looked at the world and my part in it 
And I promised her that I would spend the rest of my life doing that. That I wouldn't give up, that I wouldn't stop, that I'd keep doing that. Let it out. It's okay. It's a very emotional story and it's always going to hit home. So stupid movie last night. God damn it. (laughs) I'm like five minutes in and it's this grandma basically saying that this little girl. And I'm like, fuck. After having such a manic, I want to give up day. And then this movie. Yeah. It's like a reminder, like, Hey, you are on the right path. It doesn't feel like it all the time, especially with the challenges. But for something like that to come up, especially since your grandma seems to be one of the biggest catalysts in you giving attention to your spirit, whatever way you decided to, I think yeah. that is a clear sign. Yeah, that that conversation was that, and my life has never been the same. Now, was that because I, I made that sole choice mm-hmm. and that space? And then when the conversation was done and she was getting tired, her eyes started to go gray again and look beyond but that whole time she was clear and looked right at me mm-hmm. I often wonder you know just like children coming into the world they're so close to source they still have that connection and then when people are going out um I've heard that one other spirits will come around people that are getting ready to transition over because they know the lights about to come the wolf <laughs> right like I was the wolf as far as I'm considered. Yeah, for sure. I would believe the same thing if I was in your predicament, though, too, because I always look for, I shouldn't say, like, I look for it so I find it and see it, but I'm like, I am open-minded enough and I believe in infinite possibilities, so, you know, just guide me the way that you want to guide me, and let's really hone in on our communication, right? Yeah. Like, what is the cardinal to me? Who are you? Yeah. Um, but her being so close to source like that, I have like a grandma moment like that. She wasn't dying that day, but I knew it was going to be the last time I saw her. So it was very like overwhelming and emotional for me because it was the weakest I had ever seen her. It had been a while. She had already grabbed a bunch of like the other grandkids and um, like everybody was going through her stuff with her. She knew who she wanted to give stuff to. Um, I had just come to see her because I hadn't seen her in a while. And she was a grandma from, like, a past relationship. We grew up with the family, and we I had, like, still continued to see her on and off my whole life um, mm-hmm. because she really was, like, one of my favorite grandmas. And she actually had, like, a house nurse there because she wasn't ready to move out of her house yet. And I remember mm-hmm. just how frail and how long it took her to like get up and move around but she was so excited to see me but I had to jog her memory who I was because she just she isn't that stimulated in her day right like nothing's really going on so halfway through our visit she's this very oh please remind me again da 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 well luckily she still had pictures of me in her house so I said have you done anything to the basement are all the pictures still there So then I said, can I have permission to go down to your basement? You have a picture of me down there and I'll show you. And I brought the picture back up and it's of me. I'm like my daughter's age. I'm probably like three being held by my stepdad who is her son. And I said, I'm the baby. I'm like, I'm the baby. And as soon as she looked at the picture, everything snapped back. And she looked up at me and she goes, do you still play piano? Do you still sing? You have such a beautiful voice. I remember when you used to sing. Do you still do it? Will you play me something? And all of these memories rushed back that just brought her like vitality. 
So she was still sitting in her chair at the time. And just like you said with the hand, we like <laughs> held each other's hand, but we like the hand wasn't good enough. We would start with the hand and then we get, we were so excited to almost like reconnect and remember each other. I just, we kept moving up each other's wrists and we would hold, and she's like, I don't want you to let go of my hand. And I said, I have nowhere to be today. I'll stay here as long as you want me to. And I sat there and she closed her eyes and she started squeezing as hard as she could. And this is before my spiritual awakening too. Like, I think I had the awakening, but I didn't have the understanding of like being a conduit and energy being able to come through you and really just like being a, a vessel for whatever created us, right? So like all that power is coming through my hands. And I felt this plenty of times before without having no idea what it was. And I just remember I closed my eyes and I saw a bunch of white light shooting up her arms and it was like resuscitating her energy. And she had one of those chairs that would actually push you up like that yeah. so, so she could get up standing, easier right? uh -huh. and she had used it the whole time I was there and then we were sitting there and after we had like this amazing just timeless moment of I, I just love you I love being in your presence like you're still here you're still here she said I want to show you something in the basement and she's not allowed in the basement because it's really hard for her to go up and down the stairs right so um she said, nope, we got to go. And she grabbed the arms of the chair and just pushed herself up. And I mean, I wouldn't have believed it if that, like the house nurse wasn't there. And she goes, oh my gosh, what are you doing? No, let me help you. She goes, no, I'm fine. I've got, come on, let's go. She goes, I have never seen her get up out of her chair like that. And I've never seen her walk this fast. And I'm still floored. Like, I'm not like, oh, I'm a Reiki healer. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, it was me. I'm like, oh. God is so good. You know, he really just yeah. does use all of us to help each other. So we yeah. walked through her kitchen down these honestly very treacherous stairs for someone at her age, but she was adamant on getting downstairs and show me this. So like, I look at, like, I look at the house nurse cause I'm not going to tell her no. And I said, if no, you don't no. want her to go downstairs, you really need to stop her right now. And she goes, no, I, like I, I'm just going to make sure gotcha. she gets down the stairs. She wants to get downstairs and show you this stuff. And she gets down there. She shows me the rest of the pictures on the bookcase. She shows me stuff I used to play with when I was a kid. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? And then we eventually made it back up. She went into her bedroom and I gave her, she struggled with reading and writing after a while and even mm -hmm. like glasses hurt. So I got her like a old school magnifying glass and it had like music notes on it. And when I was there, I said, do you remember who gave that to you? Cause it's on her nightstand still in the bag that I gave it to her with the other gift. And she goes, yeah, you gave it to me. And I said, well, have you used it? She goes, yes. When I read, I use it. It's perfect. I love it. And it has the music notes on it. And then she grabs it and she puts it in my hand and she goes, I need you to take it before I forget. She goes, because if I die, there's no way that you can get it back. She goes, and I always wanted to give this back to you. And I was just like, I was stunned because the clarity that she was talking in was clearly God given at the time. Like I knew that her, her mental state from what everybody else was saying, they were just like, Oh, she's going, she's getting older. And I'm just like, my experience with her was absolutely divine. We went out and looked at birds and she told me who she wanted to greet her when she crossed over. She mm -hmm. told me when she comes back or if I ever want to talk to her that she's a bird and just go mm -hmm. sit on your porch if you miss me and I'll send birds to you. I will fly them around. Look, look at the birds, look at the birds. And we sat there and just, I mean, really just enveloped in each other and in the time. And I mean, I'm,
like choking up and like holding it back because I know this is the last time and she knows this is the last time. So we're like, what do we need to get out for each other? <laughs> like, what do we like? What do we need to do now? Right? Like, I don't want to succumb to the emotions and hold anything back is what mm-hmm. I was thinking. So mm-hmm. we had like this amazing, great, profound experience. Um, I ended up having to leave, which I hated and I held my shit together but she's the grandma that waits outside and waves until you can't see anymore. And it's iconic because she's been doing it to me like since like forever, you know, cause we got into their family when we were like, I think I was a year or two old or something like that when we had been introduced to this family and we were in the family till I was about 13, I think is when they ended up separating. But Having a foundational family for 13 years and then just being like, oh, we're not going to celebrate with them anymore. You're just like, well, that's weird because like this is already established. They're my grandparents. That's my stepdad. Those are my cousins. Those are my aunt and uncles. Those are my brothers. Those are my sister-in-laws. These are the kids. So to have all of that really taken away, even though I'm sure the relationship needed to end, like I agree that it did at the time from my perspective of being a kid. But having all that go away and then like I always have really deep questions and I'm just like I'm never going to be in your family again and I'm this old and I have to live with this the rest of my life. And even though I'm supposed to go through this, even though the separation is supposed to happen, can I just keep her? Like, can I just come visit her? And I visited her. Oh, I did. I visited her over the years, especially like when I got my driver's license. I actually got I had a nail salon in the town. Uh, when I was 21, where um, I grew up, and it was so surreal to go back there because I didn't grow up there like everybody else did, but I had a lot of really foundational moments there. And she got her hair done, her her sister before she had passed, got her hair done two salons away from where I was working. And I just walked outside one day, and lo and behold, the most iconic car in the world, which was my grandma's, pulled up, and I looked, and I went, and I walked up to her and she's just like, oh my gosh. And I said, do you know I work here? Like I'm I'm in this town all the time and like I can see you. So she started dropping her sister off at the salon and then we would hold hands and walk down to the river and back and just talk. And we did it until like her sister passed and then eventually I had to start going to her house. But Aww. I had so many reconnective moments with this woman over my life. And I swear to you, every time I talked to her, she was like, are you still playing piano? Are you still singing? That Mm -hmm. like, that was her main thing. And I was like, well, I'm still writing. And she was like, well, you should be doing all of it. (laughs) And I was like, okay, grandma, I will, I will do that. You know? And there's always some weird thing about like, when you leave a family, like I've known you as my grandma, my whole life. Like, I know we're not friends. I know we still look at each other in that format, but there really was that like struggle at the time where I was like, I'm going to choose you even though I technically lost all of like the cookouts and the Christmases and the sleepovers and a lot of the other titles went away for sure. But I mean, even when her husband was on his deathbed, we weren't in the family and we were still called to go and see him on his deathbed. So when you said like she was looking past you, it was all grayed out. You gave me a flashback of seeing him and I remember him being in that state too. So I mean... Grandmas just really do have a lot of remarkable knowledge for us. I mean, I know there are some bad grandmas out there that like don't 
give a shit about their grandkids. Like, let's just well, say that just, exists there's too. There's just humans, women and yeah, men. Yeah, there really is. But I mean, for us, we've had extremely monumental moments from these people and that there wasn't an age barrier where we were like, oh, you have, you don't have any advice for me. Like we were honed in on it and we were Always. like, what are you teaching me? And she's definitely not the only one. Um, but we could turn this into a grandma episode if I took it over right now. Cause I've been loving all my grandmas for the, for the matriarch. And that I, I was blessed because that's really what my Nana was. Not every family gets a matriarch, a true one that, yeah. that owns that power. And, and I felt like that day, I felt like she was passing that on to me. Like I felt like she, you know, when she was talking about my future, like you can, you know, like Jesus, you can be like me and more, you know, you can do what I've done and yeah, better. Take what I've given you and build off of it. I yeah. think so often, you know, we want to be exactly like, whether it's a parental figure, like a girl wanting to be like her mom, a boy wanting to be like his dad. And it's like, oh, I have to be a carbon copy photocopy of you. Mm-hmm. However you kind of see it. And it's like, no, you take what they give you, you take what you like from them and you build off of it because they're already in your DNA. Like you're going to be them regardless, but you you have to spice it up and you have to be your own DNA print. And when you have kids, I think when I had Monroe, I think that's when I realized that a lot where I was like, I don't want you to be exactly like me. That would be a waste of you. You have so many other talents that you're capable of doing, but while I have you in my presence with all of your attention for these next couple years, uh, I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that you get the good traits and we work on all the other stuff in a nice, safe environment. Yeah. And and when I had this talk, I already had a four-year-old. So, and I don't, I haven't had, I haven't lived with my parents since I was 15, 16 years old. I don't have parents that could have helped me the last decade. I haven't had parents, like my Nana was the only one I could ever have gone home to, ever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so when she was going, it was like... Yeah, it was like you lost... You it's kind truly of feel like me, a myself, and I now. That's what, that's what I would imagine. Like, you're like, I don't have any place where I can just, like, almost go and hide or go and yeah. do anything. And that's when, that's when I ended up coming up with. And so, yeah, that, but that's, that's what started the journey. And then the synchronicities have filled the last nine years these little things that happen that cannot be explained mm-hmm. by science alone or math or whatever logic you want it can't yeah so the least one other giant infinite thing <laughs> synchronicities are one of the first things that happened to me um i do have a question that i want to ask you pertaining to a spiritual awakening sure. can you tell me anything about like a difference in vibration like did you notice it before you had the definition like because that's one of the biggest things i imagine it's someone being baptized you know how you like come up and you're like because so many people have told me after they've been baptized that like they truly had like a holy experience and i don't discount it at all but that's not the way that i had a spiritual experience so when people say like i had this event happen to me this is when I had a spiritual awakening and I've never been the same since. If we went back to the point where you recognized, was it a vibrational shift? Was it a perspective? Was it the it was, bird's it, eye view that you get of was, your life for a bit? 
a little bit that um like I got the bird's eye view. That whole blueberry thing was bird's eye view. It was weird as fuck. Yeah, when you have to listen to your so, intuition, you have no freaking clue. It's it, it was almost like I watched myself walk down. I mean, I didn't have any roommates, but I still I don't look naked. Uh-huh. I left the shower running. I was literally about to step in the shower, stepped out, went downstairs, washed them, put <laughs> them, and I was like, "That was bird's eye view." No, it was a week. It felt like a week-long vibrational thing, and it was also around my birthday, which was weird. But that was like, I felt like I was. It was like a like a vibrational elevator or yeah. escalator. That makes sense. And, and I that's I was wigging out. I was like, shit feels different. Things look different. Yes. Um, I I live just east of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, so every I I know which way is west because there's fifteen thousand foot mountains there. Helps. So, that's how you know which way is west. And so I see them every single day, but they've looked, especially the first day though, after they looked crazy different, a completely different vibration, same mountains, completely different vibration. And it kept being that way. And I don't notice it as much as I did then. Right. But I, or the, um, the contrast of vibration change obviously doesn't feel as contrasting anymore, but oh yeah, it was, um, it was hard to be around people. Mm-hmm. And then within the next year came the dark night of the soul, which led to that, you know, the, the, the hypno, the hypnosis experience that you and I touched on lightly before, but, um, did you know the definition of dark night of the soul? Like, did you start doing research when you realized that you were having this perception change and well, then, or did yeah, you start having I was already go- researching because I was, I was a business owner. So oh, I was okay. already getting into power of the mind and different of that stuff mm-hmm. and learning, excuse me, a lot about money, but it was all that, that then really put the spiritual shift on it. That I was like, okay, this is something that I can no longer ignore that I've been ignoring my whole goddamn life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was the first level is like, you realize how much you've been suppressing, ignoring saying, oh, that's silly. I want to talk a little bit about like what, it, what I was like before all, like before I was a spirit junkie mom, I was 19 years old and pregnant (laughs) going to beauty school. And I felt like an alien when you're not spiritual to be pregnant was terrifying because my body without any switches, I didn't have to tell it to do anything. My body just was growing a human and I could feel my mind. I remember I'd be like laying before bed and my mind would try to go to a different vibration or like try to think about things. And I'm like, no, 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 it, that's terrifying. I remember feeling terrified to even think about those things. Nope. Shutting you down, sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not today. You can't handle it. And it was like, I kept saying that not today, not today, not today. And then my Nana's like, okay, I'm dying. So you got to start now because <laughs> I'm not going to be here anymore but i'll send you feathers she sends me feathers mm. since her I, funeral and i, I saw the first one she sends me for a lot of people when people die whether it's just like is there an afterlife can i communicate with them but it ends up being a catalyst for their specific journey and personal right. spiritual evolution and right. those are like those are the ones that like really just put a lump in my throat when i have to hear them because i'm like so sympathetic towards the situation I'm like oh my gosh like I can just picture the heartbreak going through planning you know all the the death stuff that we have to do but then 
when you retrospect it back, you're like, that's like that had to happen. Not saying like everything's planned, but yeah, it really is a gift when it happens, not at the time, but that it's almost like an accelerator is kind of what I think about it. Um, I didn't, I didn't have a family member die when I had mine, but I always wonder like how much further down the rabbit hole can I go when I actually start experiencing these closer deaths? Like I have a grandma that really is on her way out. She's still doing good. She's survived a lot, but due to the um, hits that she's taken in the last couple years, you can just tell it's shaved a couple years off. And, um, you know, eventually, like, I'll get the call. Like, I hope to see her one more time every Christmas I go home. I wonder if it's the last one, you know. And then it's like, well, what about Grandpa? Like, is he going to move in with some Like, all these questions that yeah. have to be answered. And I'm like, what? Did, what's that going to do? So, like, I'm super upfront with people, especially, like, the older generation. And all my grandparents know it where I'll go in and I'm like you. Like, I have those meaningful and deep conversations with them. And I'm like, okay, so when you die, um, and I don't want to be like, oh, you're dying because you're the older one. I said, we'll both do this. Um, I, like, what would you come back to, like, show me that it's you? Um, like, what would you send me? And I said, I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. And I have that set up with um, both my grandparents, my mother. I need to redo my father's because I just know that he wants Kansas dust in the wind played at his funeral. Um, <laughs> and there's some people you don't bring it up because death makes them really uncomfortable and they don't even want to think about it. They don't like they don't know how to do it. So okay. I think yeah. my comfortability with death actually makes people uncomfortable. And then they're like, I think it's weird that you're so comfortable <laughs> with that. And I'm like, but. I mean, even if you're looking at it from a Christian mindset, if you're a Christian and you can't wait to go back to God, like, why are you scared to die? Because you're showing attachment to temporary, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm like you, like, I'm transparent, but I'm also, like, blunt. So I'll just be like, all right, so I know you're going before me, and I want to know, are you a hummingbird, a blue jay, or a cardinal? <laughs> and my mom and my grandpa both said they're hummingbirds. So actually, my mom's going to go with me and my mom's going to pick out the hummingbird and I'm going to tattoo her here next to my siblings because I have my siblings' signatures on my arms. Oh, cute. Right here. Well, they're nicknames. So my sister's nickname is Jiminy because she used to be my conscience when I was a rebellious, <laughs> rebellious person. Um, so now when I'm writing, like I just always remember like my siblings and my conscience and they're kind of like, they're like my first, my little first family. Hmm. It's really cute. Jiminy Cricket was my favorite character when I was a little kid. I have this big, huge stuffed animal of him that my mom's made me keep. I was thinking, um, oh, I had a little good thought tree moment there, but I think it's gone. Um, it happens. We both love Jiminy, yeah. though. There's you another seem, synchronicity you with seem us. You close, though, with your siblings and oh this is where i was gonna go tell me if i'm wrong but it seems like before spiritual awakening that you and i can relate on this you said you were rebellious and then after the only things that's changed is that like for me anyway i still don't like to follow rules like it just turns out i just don't like rules i I understand that sometimes they need to be followed 
and I will respect them sometimes. However, <laughs> I mean, I just don't want to like put myself in certain reckless. situations. Yeah. If I'm not like, I don't want to be like, if I'm not vibing with it, I'm not doing it. But yeah. I really do pay close attention to like really what nourishes and feeds my soul. But I don't want to be one of those people that study anything spiritualism and go into the spiritual ego, spiritual bypassing, and then act like just because I had a spiritual awakening that I still don't have a soul contract to unroll for right. like this lifetime, which is Cheyenne's lifetime. If I were speaking from like a higher oversoul perspective, because this yeah. is just one piece of the puzzle that I'm living. So I always have to remind myself, no matter what I'm doing, like I have to honor what I'm doing here in this lifetime. I don't get to bypass it because someone let me peek at the instruction manual through mm. third eye visions. Cause I've had yeah. those moments where I'm like, why do I have to go through this? This doesn't yeah. make any sense, you know? But it's all, it's, it's all for you. But Jesus is one of my favorite characters and I learned him yeah. in the church growing up. He was always okay. my favorite. Um, my aunt died, she's pictured right above me. My okay. aunt died um, a month after I was born. So in the picture, that's her holding me on February 7th, 1991. And then she would have passed away. I think it was March 23rd, 1991. So this okay. is, I had minimal interactions with her, but she's been painted as our guardian angel of our family, of us, always with us. And we did mm -hmm. footprints in the sand for her funeral. So mm -hmm. I grew up like knowing, hey, Whenever you see like one set of footprints in the sand, that's when I carried you. And if you want to talk about like positive subconscious programming, like just knowing that there is a divine being, not just God or source or whatever you call it. There's a divine being that is there for you. I was raised on that. So it was super comfortable to go through like the church stuff. But I get rebellious with it because I was like, that that doesn't add up. That doesn't add up. I feel so unworthy. I feel so shamed. I feel so this. I feel so this. And it could have been. It from you all. Yeah. Yeah. And your rules. It, yeah. But then when I started doing like my own research mm -hmm. on Jesus, which I've been doing for ever is what it feels like, which it's like low key. Like I don't look like a person that would study Bibles Same. for esoteric purposes and connecting back to ancient texts. Um, at yeah. the time. Um, but I was like, Jesus was a rebel of his time. He didn't want people in a church. He didn't want people going and outsourcing their power and giving their money and going to all these, all this fake BS. I was like, oh, you are my dude. Like you're going to sit in my passenger seat and I'm going to talk to you because you are extremely compassionate. You don't judge me for what I'm doing. And you understand, like, I'm having a human experience. If I'm not supposed to experience, again, whether it's good or bad, what the hell am I doing here? You know, mm -hmm. if everybody wants to tell me what to do and live my life for me, which is where a lot of my rebellion came from, because people are like, yes. if you want to be successful, you have to do this and don't do this and don't do this. And mm -hmm. mental health, again, was super shameful back when I was growing up. Like, we had... People in our family that took antidepressants, whether they went to counseling, they've had several traumatic experiences with like suicide ideation, but that's like a closed knit thing. Like we know it in our family and then we put our masks on and we go take our family pictures and we are just all so happy. And <laughs> for me, I really struggled with emotional suppression and I 
you know, going through a hormonal phase, it would bottle up and bottle up. And I would come off as aggressive and rebellious and all of these things. And I really had to go through a lot of subconscious help as well to go and identify even those inner child markers were like, why did you feel like you needed to act this way? Why did you feel like you had to defend yourself? And it wasn't going out and like blaming everybody. Like I act this way because you did that. It wasn't a cause and effect. It was an understanding. So I could end the, end the habits and not bring them sure. forward over and over again. So circling back around to my tree branch, um, there have been so many things that have guided me but Jesus is one of like the, I don't want to be like, I'm a follower Christian of Jesus because I do not subscribe to the Christian <laughs> version of Jesus. I subscribe to the Dolores Cannon Jesus and the Essenes Jesus. You know, I'll jump on that train any day. Or, or it sounds like you're like me. Fuck everyone else's train. I have my own relationship with him that cannot be understood, defined, or even encapsulated, so yeah. don't even fucking try, because yeah. I don't. <laughs> and that's why I'm able to have a relationship, was because I, like you, went, uh, except similar, I um, I was raised with it, but then I got rebellious towards it because I saw how badly it was abused, and I didn't want any part of it, and then well, even after people my- people in the clergy day, abused it, right? Huh? Like you're like, people in the clergy is what turned me away. It wasn't Jesus himself. It wasn't this like holy book that has been supremely edited. It was the way that the people would preach to you as a child. You must act this way. Do as I say, not as I do. And then you would see them act the complete opposite exactly. of the lesson that they're handing down to you. And the exactly. fact that they think that you don't pick up that you're not embodying what you're preaching. If imagine the guy that you're talking about, Jesus, that you love so much. If he did not embody everything that he told all of us, do you think the story would be different? <laughs> like yeah. if he was just like a dick to everybody and then he grabbed a <laughs> microphone and he's like, all right, back to loving thy neighbor. And he's like, fuck you, Brad, <laughs> fuck you. And then he comes back over, he's like, anyways. You know what I mean? So the embodying he his hair because it, it was long too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> It tickles me. I'm not trying to be dramatic. <laughs> and he wasn't either, but I He wasn't he either, flipped. but sometimes you just got to put on a show. That shit. Yeah, sometimes you have to flip so, your hair. So, yeah, I always, like, right. it's so tiptoey because I'm like, I don't want people to, like, think that I hate Christians or any sex. I just need you to understand yeah. how boxed in and controlled and outsourced it is. There are two men who um, are both gone now on the other side but they helped restore that relationship in ways that give me chills and it that's a whole nother podcast to tell you about that part but look up these books or these men um got my pen actually you probably know this song rich mullins and the ragamuffin band and I'll he's known he's known because in the early 90s he actually christian music is what it is today because of rich mullins because Rich Mullins was a brave son of a bitch in the 80s. He came out with this song called My God is an Awesome God, which most every Christian knows. Oh, yeah. If you don't know it um, from being a Christian, you know from infomercials at like 2 a.m. <laughs> where you can buy the CD. 
Yes. So, but he, if, if you, I've watched every single one of his videos on YouTube that go back. He was an amazing pioneer. He would go out on these stages barefoot in his holy jeans and those priests wanted him and, you know, a two, a suit and tie get up and they didn't, they tell him, don't talk, don't talk, just sing. And he'd get up there and he'd start talking about how he didn't agree with how the church taught about Jesus and his relationship with the, with Jesus taught him different. He would open every, so there's a movie and I've met the director of it. This is a small time movie. So I don't know where it's a very BC movie. Mm -hmm. It's called Ragamuffin. So look up Ragamuffin. And then that same director um, came up with a movie called Brennan. So there's a man called Brennan Manning and he was Rich Mullen's mentor. And he wrote a book, Brennan Manning wrote a book called Ragamuffin, but Brennan Manning was like a bad alcoholic and also a Catholic priest. And he tells his really transparent story about that. And so those two men really, really helped me change the narrative that I had been taught and, and reform my relationship with it. Well, I think that's powerful because so many people feel like they're on a chopping block aspect where if you don't believe this version of him, then you can't have him at all. Right. And like, that's not a thing, especially and after that's studying how, That's how both Rich, yeah, Rich and Brennan both felt that way. And, um, but we're also so steeped in the church. I mean, this is the songwriter of my God is an awesome God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been so many great things that have been offered up over the years. So I always try to like, I don't want to like demonize anything. I've had some really weird experiences in churches anyway, but I was observing it. I wasn't attaching to anything. And since you're around everybody that is so attached to it, you're automatically going to feel like you don't fit into it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to drink your Kool-Aid, but I'll observe this because oh, I'm actually true. taking notes. I was just at a Methodist church last week and they were talking shit about you. So <laughs> I'm just trying to see if y'all are just yeah. cleaning up your own backyards. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was really lucky to be able to go to a lot of churches, um, a bunch of different Bible schools over the summers. I went to usually two a year, one with my mom and one with my dad. And I was the only one that wasn't baptized in my family. And I still synchronistically to that, to this day, I'm like, that's a sign that I have a lot of figuring out to do. You know, mm -hmm. I really got to figure this out. And I mean, spiritual awakening could be a term again for like getting baptized and feeling the Holy Spirit coming into you. It could be going into a church service, the right harmony hits you and you start speaking tongues. Like there's so many different ways that all of us are trying to go back yeah. to the source that we came from. So mm -hmm. I, I love pulling mine apart for other people just to see if I have similarities and, right. um, but I, I've also, I've had a lot of friction with some people where I feel like they're just shoving a Bible down my throat and telling me it's, it's Satan. That's not letting me breathe. And trust me, bitch, I was breathing fine before I met your ass. So whatever this karmic lesson is, let's get this over fast. Cause I want to punch you in the face. You yeah, know, like Satan is might be attached to you yeah. cause you're forceful. I, I too though. And I feel blessed that I was like we are that I was for whatever reason, not attached to the stories, but just witness of them. Yeah. Um, but I'm so glad that I did that work and that I have my own connection. Cause you know what I love? I love worship music. I love the shit out of worship music. I love Christian music so hard. 
I think that's a great thing. I am not on that wavelength, and I just want to say that I support you, and I listened and to it when I was younger. There was actually an album I got for Christmas. They were called Mary Mary, and I don't mm. know if it was their first or second album. I don't know. Shit was banging. I loved it, and I listened to it all the time. Um, let's see. 12 Stones was a Christian band. Flyleaf was a Christian was band. Little. You know, like, and there's actually, like, worship, worship music. I mean, like, choir and, like, churchy. And then there's, like, the extended like Lifehouse. Like, Lifehouse, Lauren Daigle. Oh, I is forgot Lifehouse was a Christian band, too. I've seen, yeah. Yeah. I saw front row, like, touched them, met them. I love them. I've always loved them. That probably would have been, like, a 2000 stream, honestly. At, like, their peak of what I would call their TRL at the time, right? But I never, I, I never got off their train. That's okay. <laughs> so five years ago when they were in Denver, I was second row and pregnant and touching them and so pictures. Oh, yeah, but that's such a great memory for you. So, yeah, no, but that's that's the kind of like Christian music that I like. And that's something like I want other people to know. You can listen to Christian music and not be Christian. You can like listen to Jesus or you can like have you can have whatever you want. There's actually no my one of my favorite. Do you know Amanda? Francis of her yet write her name down please Amanda, Amanda Francis I've lived listened to her for eight years the way that she breaks down specifically money and God is just and like she helps rewrite a lot of old things that we don't realize we believe but one of the things she says is like God is not up there's not this like chalkboard in the sky that says you have to do it this way and you have to do this thing. And then there's the subtask A, B, and C of how you have to do A, C, and D. Like, no, that actually doesn't exist. So you can worship or not worship or be connected or however awakened or whatever, however that looks for you. Awesome. Mm -hmm. It's never going to look like anyone else's. No one's ever going to be able to understand it. So enjoy it. Love it continue if i mean me speaking for myself i'm devoutly will discover it for the rest of my life that was the promise that i made that i would continue be i would be devoted to discovering and always be open to adding to it knowing that it's infinite i feel like we definitely have that in common and when i when i meet people i get a better understanding and i get to add to my own language that i'm building with myself and my connection and yeah. i remember reading it was either a story or an article or something, and they were talking about, like, what are you devoted to? And then I went mm -hmm. and I saw one of my mentors, and she's like, again, the word came up. She was like, you're devoted to your path. I know it scares you sometimes because it's not, you don't have a comparison. You right. don't. You don't get to go to somebody, you know, it's not like you're, you're at work and you're like, I want your, I want your promotion. Can you train me? I'm that person. You have to hold my hand. I want a hand holder. I and need that's to all. see it first, right? But Full there's circle. so much faith, truly faith that you have to have. And I think words like God, Jesus, faith, fellowship, like all of these very church-oriented words, I realize over time, again, it's not God and it's not Jesus and it's not these words that are triggering. It's the people that are using them that are misusing them and then still portraying that they're just this devout follower and they do everything correctly. And then they shove this unworthiness in your face and they're like, well, how, how dare you do that? He died on the cross for your sins. And sometimes I get a little snippy and I say, he died on the cross because Judas is a snitch. 
He sold them for a bag of fucking silver. Calm down. And then if you go to the Essenes, the Essenes are like, he knew his mission the whole time. He knew that he was going to die. He lived his day, day by day. And he, they would talk about this magnetism he had when he talked, the way that he looked looked at a flower, like he had never seen it before. Every experience he'd take, he fully enveloped. And the only way I could think that some, like some being, right, some energy like that would come into an incarnation and know that is if they know I really don't have a lot of time here and I am just going to soak this up as much as I possibly can. He came in with a greater understanding. I just think that the misconception is, is everything that Jesus did, we're not allowed to do because we're so unworthy. And I just don't believe in the whole unworthy bullshit anymore. I have repented in my own ways, repented Mm -hmm. penance, whatever you want to call it. Um, But like you said, like that's my relationship with him going to everybody else who would still shove Jesus in your face and then shove judgment in your face in the same conversation. I mean, it just makes me want to turn into a feral creature. It doesn't make me want to turn the cheek. It does, like, the rebellion in me wants to go, oh, you want to know something? Yeah. You know? And, again, like, I grew up in a very uh, college college certificate-like family. Like, one was, like, go be who you want to be, find the religion that you want, whatever path is your half. And then the other household was, like, we're going to go to church every weekend. Um, And I was surrounded by all these people that's like the American dream is you go to college, you do this, you get the job. Yeah. The normal stuff. Um, And that, again, I was like, like, I just felt like I was being like electrocuted. So it makes you feel like you can't fit in because everybody else is doing it and figuring it out. Um, But I couldn't. So when I did drop out of college, it was right before a world religions class and I just finished up a sociology class and I was like I love both of these these are just mm, sticky icky good so since I couldn't go to the class I was like I'm just gonna study religion and right before I opened this huge book about every religion in the world I just looked up at the sky and I was like if I'm doing something wrong just please stop me immediately but from what I've learned my whole life is you've given me free will to experience And I want to bring my experience back to you. And I want to show you what I learned on the earth that you put me on. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to open this book and I'm going to learn a lot of things that I was told I'm not allowed to learn. And again, that rebellious thing kicks in and that curiosity kicks in at the same time. And you're like, why am I not not supposed to read this? What's going to happen to me? You know, and there's a bunch of like different ways, but again, like a spiritual awakening can be so different for everybody, but mine was vibration and frequency just shot through the roof. I needed uh, the definitions of chakras, kundalini awakenings, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you know, like I had to pour everything yeah. in a blender and like stir it up and then pull it apart and like find the definitions of what happened to me. I had already been through like doctor stuff when I was younger for like depression and stuff. And I was like, this isn't the way I don't want to outsource myself to medication. I don't want to outsource myself to this. Yeah. What am I I, doing? uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My dad really wanted to get me on pills when I was a teenager. I fucking refused. I've always refused Western medicine. It actually just 
to be straight honest, that was part of how my partner got me out of my manic episode yesterday. Manic all fucking day. And he's like, listen, I don't know what to do. I feel like I need to call someone. I'm like, like who? Like who? He's like, you know, like a facility or something. I'm like, oh, shit. Fine. But <laughs> it happens. And there's so many different vantage points myself, to look at This it. is what I think happens. I don't um, Jim Carrey said it really well. Jim, I, I was a big fan of Jim Carrey, of course, in the 90s, being a kid in the 90s, and everyone's like, oh, he went weird and never came back. I'm like, no, he had a spiritual awakening. No, he had a spiritual awakening and realized everything Right, and bullshit. did come back. And yeah, you can't come back the same, bitches. No. Especially wait can't go you, back to Hollywood. Wait till you experience it. I can't tell you, when I first came out, not to interrupt your story, when I first came out with all this and I was like, I'm just going to let everybody know this is what I'm going through in my life. I'd had so many people reach out to me, like low-key DMs, phone calls, text yeah. messages. You're the only person that would understand what I'm going through. And I'm like, I got you. And your secrets are safe here because it's fucking weird. It was, yeah, it was so cool because at the time when I was going through mine, I had a private studio salon. So you want to talk about a safe space? Girl, it was safe space with Shay. And mm. people would come on and they're like, I can't wait to tell you this. And they were just so excited mm-hmm. to talk to me. Yeah, I grew up in a salon. You know everything about everybody. Imagine a private studio, though, dude. Imagine the 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 level of vulnerability and transparency, mostly from me, because the part that sucks about working in a salon, another digression, all those all those transparent things the other women will use against you yes. at some point. Yeah, they will. A big old conversation about broken feminine as a collective, right? And that's that will just sum it up with that's what that happened. So when I had my own private studio where there was no risk of that, I was the one creating the safe space and I could actually keep it a safe space. Even for me, game on bitches. Let's all grow. Let's all talk. Let's all, you know, I was an underpaid therapist. Um, No, I don't know where we're going with all that. I guess it doesn't really matter. I think we were intertwining, you know, your relationship with Jesus. If you have one, that's using your own. You don't have to prove it to anybody or explain it to anybody. Um, we're both really not a fan of organized religion based on our research. We both had spiritual awakenings that really tripped us out and made us. Well, I mean, I think that's a good topic to talk about is how skeptical. Like, I was skeptical about, like, anything that I actually embody and research and train on now like it wasn't like i was always like oh i believe in all that like chakras were a fairy tale to me growing up in america like your energy body okay yeah right and now it's Mm -hmm. and now you're like oh my root chakra is closed today and yeah and then adding like social i mean talk about really making yourself the black sheep but you already right. are, but you're just like, I already was, it. but now you just really get to yeah, embrace it and um, do your best to not give too many fucks. We were kind of talking about Western medicine pills, whatever I like. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, you refuse them. Yeah, but now I'm like, them. gosh, it's, <laughs> I was rageful. I was angry. There were so many things like that I had started to get into therapy a little bit before my spiritual awakening but had it not been for that who knows i might have been stuck in traditional therapy for the last decade and not open myself up to hypnotherapy i had an energetic healer that i worked with for a couple years like i wouldn't have been open to these fairy tale 
ways of accessing myself, like meditation. Um, I do this guided meditation that I think you would just love. And I learned it at a ragamuffin retreat, that ragamuffin thing I told you about, they did a, they did a retreat. And that was another very powerful, powerful time in my life. Um, I got to meet Rich Mullen's brother. He was there like hosting it. They hosted it. And I didn't know this, um, Rich Mullins died in a, in a car accident. Mm. I met his best friend who was in the car with him when it happened. And it, and, and that's, I didn't, he was, a, he was just a normal guy singing around the campfire. Like I didn't think much of it, but it was the first night of the campfire. Everyone kept requesting songs and he would just play them. I didn't know any of them, but I wasn't raised on hymns and music. So I wouldn't, I don't know, E from Adam, okay? Mm-hmm. But then the next day, he's, like, sitting at a table. Turns out he's also been a Christian musician since the 90s and had all... He's, like, famous, low-key famous in the Christian world. And I had no idea. And those are... I've had so many of those experiences, too, of, like, proving that the societal hierarchy is an illusion. Mm-hmm. It's an ego-driven illusion, which I don't know if... You are familiar, if anyone is, with Wayne Dyer. He was one of my very first and longtime teachers. And I loved his definition or what I heard from him. He maybe got it from somewhere else. Ego defined as edging God out. Yes, that is where that comes from. Yeah. I and I way back in the day. It's so it's such an easy, I love little like acronyms and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, oh yep, if I'm edging God out, I'm definitely in my ego. And another one of my little, let's just like wrap things up, spiritual tool bag here while I'm in here. Another one of my Mary Poppins bag treats is... I love that you said um, that. I put that on TikTok today. What? Uh, I was talking... Yeah, I did a TikTok about Kate Hudson Hall's anxiety hack book. And I was like, she's got Mm -hmm. tips and tricks to add to your healing bag, your Mary Poppins bag of healing. (laughs) I'm telling you, you and me are on the same frequency. Same frequency, like have been for a while. We'll have to catch people up of like all of the little deep, deep connecting dots we had before I even talked to you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, maybe I just need to go there. Oh, the bag, back to the bag. Let me get in the bag. My other ego trick that I learned, like a defining thing. It's just this thing that I'm like, oh, so much sense in, and it makes things simple. And of course, everyone, easy and simple are not the same. So simple is like anyone can work with it, right? So everyone's heard of, um, you know, the Trinity, right? The God, Holy Spirit, whatever. There's like the religious Trinity. But I just learned recently, a couple years ago, there's an ego Trinity. And when you're being either one of these three sides, you know that like, I, I know I'm in ego. And the three sides are hero. So when you're talking about being... It, are you always the hero? I'm not always the hero because there's two other sides to the Trinity. You're either the hero, the villain, or the victim. The ego will always only ever be one of those three things. Sometimes both. Sometimes they'll play all three. Or if someone else is in their ego, if I'm in my ego, you can tell because I'm turning you into a victim or I'm turning you into the bad guy or I'm turning you into my hero. I'm in my ego. You may not be, but I am because I'm putting you in one of those things. No, do your thing. Put me wherever you'd like for this analogy. It's okay. (laughs) I'm just going to leave you in the center, ideally, right? Or like not in it at all. But yeah, when I'm thinking myself, I'm like, oh, hey, I'm in my ego because I'm feeling like a victim or I'm wanting to be a hero. Mm -hmm. Or yesterday I was like the, I was the villain. Yesterday I was like. I was the villain. 
the baddest bitch in town. In oh, my I own definitely town. have villain days for sure. I always, <laughs> I guess I think about it from like an inner child perspective where it, mm-hmm. again, like you have these magical powers and you don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And you don't even realize that you want to help people because you're so clouded by all the bullshit that either you've done to yourself or has happened to you, right? So there is really a pulling out, a purging, and a clarity of all these moments because then what you're left with is like this little gift and you're like, okay, now I'm to it and I see it and I'm a part of it. What do you want me to do with this? You know, and you're like, <laughs> I, need, I need some help. I need an instruction manual. Um, my other favorite one is I learned this from a pagan lord named Alexian. You can find him on TikTok. He is amazing. He's so funny. But he says, fear isn't real. It's false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, repeat that. And like I grabbed my notebook and wrote it down because fear is one of the biggest things that has always held me back from a lot of opportunities that I did or didn't take. And even yeah. if I did take them, I'd be so riddled with anxiety that I was like, this is me. This is what I'm going to present to the world. And then I walk into the room and I'm like, I want to go hide in a cave. I don't want to be here. Hi. <laughs> you know, and those get like less and less as it goes on. But there are just certain things where I have to go out and do and I'm like, I am asserting the mastery of my real self. I am asserting the mastery of my real self. Lately, I've said, um, I love everybody in this room and everybody loves me. Because immediately mm. you go in and you're like every insecurity that you have about yourself, you're like, well, that's why they're looking at me because I have yeah. a muffin top today. Oh, well, that's why, <laughs> you know, they're looking at me because my, this is too much or this is yeah. too much. Because I look stoned and they're like, yeah. they know it. They know that I'm high. <laughs> you know, that's usually a badge of honor because I don't get to do it as much anymore. Um, my daughter's so What's energized that I didn't want to rob her of her childhood by just being high. So it's in the recreational pile for me now. Like I can like go to shows and have fun with it that way. But like you're in Colorado, so it's like fucking going to Seven Eleven. You know what I mean? Here yeah, some, in Kansas, well, yeah. Sometimes it's still as a mom, like a felony going to the store. or something stupid like that. Like I don't really know where they are because I definitely don't pay attention to politics. Um, but like pretty much everywhere around us, any border that touches us, they're like smoke Legal? weed. We don't care. Really? Yeah, and so then be- Kansas is like. Um, no. I forgot. I just for- I forgot you were in Kansas and I just remembered, but that's where I did the ragamuffin retreat. That's where the shit changed. It was Westminster Woods of Kansas. Shit changed me. Changed me, changed me. So is it the motivational speakers, the connection with like-minded people, the music, all just, just all the whole event the in general? The whole experience. Mm-hmm. Even, and this is how I am with, with trips. Um, the trip starts before you go. The trip starts as soon as, for me, as soon as I know I'm going. The trip has started and the planning and all of the pe- all of the steps, like, and that's what synchronicity is, right? Like, that's my life is like, when I look back even to how I ended up getting there, it was just the sequence of events mm-hmm. could not have been made up. Um, but I was led through a meditation there that I have brought back with me and I like lead other people through it. Um, and kind of made it my own but what i did what they took you to this cabin in the middle of the woods and i decided i bought this cabin energetically and i made it my own and that's where all of my inner children live 
And that's where I go when I want to visit them. And they get to do whatever they want there. And it's very pretty and fun. And they're all together. And I go and visit them. Like in my head and meditation, it's a really sweet guys. And I've actually done this with my parents. I've forgiven my parents for a lot of stuff is by envisioning them little and holding them. Mm. Babies. You know, two. That's a really great idea. I've never thought about doing that. I understand a lot of the things that stunted my parents, but I never thought about going to them when they were a kid. I've done soul to soul. I've done uh, sure, like child. cord cutting and that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, even just like so. For instance, if like my husband and I were having a problem, so to speak, and we couldn't get to each other consciously, then yeah. eventually, like I would sit down in my meditation and I would bring his higher self or his soul to me. And I would speak to that version. And I would be like, this is what I'm trying to get out. The conscious version is blocking me right now. This is all I'm trying to say. Apparently I'm not saying it right. Can't get through to each other. Like, however, that's just an example. Um, I have a super laid back husband, especially for all the stuff that's happened. I'm surprised he hasn't ran out the door screaming like a scene out of Casper. Landon. Yes. Which, by the way, little side note for people, Cheyenne, I went, I lived in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So Cheyenne's name, I was like, oh, her, when I was like looking at her stuff before we met, I was like, oh, her name's Cheyenne, tick. And then I saw in there, she's married to a man named Landon. My love in Cheyenne, Wyoming, his name is Landon. So I was like, oh, checkity, check, check. And then there's a few other things. Like that was, yeah, that was Mm -hmm. just the two funny first checks. And then we find out on the call that, Cheyenne, you grew up in Adams County, Illinois, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I grew up in Adams County, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So just fun little, like, but we've we've already stacked, like, at least eight of those or so. So that's... We're, like, this close to a best friend tattoo. Like, that's where we're at right now. Mm. Right here. You see, I mean, I have some tattoos, but yeah, you seem about it. Let's do it. I have two best friend <laughs> tattoos, and I wouldn't change them for the world. And I mean, mm-hmm. it took us a while to build up to those. Um, so obviously yeah. I'm just kidding when I say that, but right. there are yeah. people that you meet and we you just click there. instantly. And I if think... we're still talking in a decade, let's do it. Okay. I'm okay with that. In Cheyenne, maybe. <laughs> I have plenty of room. And I, <laughs> love you... I love Cheyenne. I love it. I love it. And yeah, you like told me about that. Bring up the list real quick. I'm feeling the list. I was just going to say, like, friends, if you're still with us because we've just tree branched so much, we're about to do... <laughs> Some rapid fire, what do you think about this stuff? Um, mainly because if you need uh, our perspective of it, cool. Thanks for hanging out. But yeah. I also want it to plant seeds and intrigue you. Like, well, what do you think about it? Why are you skeptical about it? And question it more. Um, we've done Allergy. really good on spiritual awakenings, right? So we'll go ahead and like hop over. We clearly know that there's a mass conscious awakening going on and will continue to go on even past our beautiful life has always been happening has always been happening we are not the first ones we are just a part of it um what's your take on near-death experiences they're wild but there's uh, i don't have one experience but i've looked into enough they're like religion there's that universal thread in all the stories like everyone has their own experience but my belief is when something's true it will have that consistent thread mm-hmm. in it um that you can tie to other people's experiences so and i mean i just know it it changes P- people come back different they, i mean people it's, come back with it's, gifts 
with yeah. they don't, like talk about being a skeptic they and not believing in anything. Sometimes. They yeah. like they have a near death experience. They only believe in this. There's nothing more. They come back. They have this near death experience. They see this. So many people tell the same stuff. Then they come back and they're like, and uh, now. Like I'm, I'm psychic, and I like they basically like their clear senses come online. Like they're activated on a spiritual level. And again, these people are non-believers. They weren't attaining any form of this in their lives. What I imagine happens is that I mean, like all of us, right? They like get introduced to these higher frequencies that you can now not forget. There's not shit you can do about it, and it's science. I don't give a fuck what frequencies. Fuck. The only reason we can talk, we're talking on frequencies. Like we're not even cell phones, all that Thank stuff. Thank you for like, saying that. God, shut up. When people say crystals are bullshit, I said gold and quartz are in your phone, and I could label off so many more, but they are conductors of energy. They And so are we. Don't act like I'm being all woo. Yeah. I love the woo, don't get me wrong, but really the, love the, the bridge woo. of it for us to, you know, really normalize it. Like, Back we should the normalize end. the fact that we are energetic bodies as well as physical bodies. And right. instead of, like, I just saw this, the... Dwight from The Office. I hate that I can't think of his real name. He just <laughs> went viral again because he's on a podcast and he repeats the same thing that everybody repeats. Like, we're not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings have a human experience. And if um, you're outside of that and you don't understand that yet, well, then I guess you're not there. That's fine. Come, but Yeah, you'll come to it later. Be, don't but, be coming back like me. That's it? my opposite of like, yes. don't push Jesus on me. But also, you don't need to act like I'm full of shit and all woo either. Mm-hmm. Because you don't yeah. get it either way. I get that a lot. And I, I don't, I try not to get as as offended as much, right? Because I'm just like, I, I literally, like, I respect what you believe. I'm not shoving what I believe down your throat. I'm just showing you a different perspective. But that's the other thing I realized that when you just, again, don't attach to everything, you just want to observe and learn and the childlike curiosity that I have for everything in doing so and being open-minded, you've extended like grace and comfortability and non-judgment and compassion to these people for whatever they believe whether you believe what they believe or whether you don't or whether you have some similarities even if like I had someone come up to me and they're like oh I'm a satanist I'm like well why would you choose that and I'm not saying that from a judgmental standpoint being genuinely curious genuinely curious (laughs) and if you're like oh why would you be curious why are serial killer documentaries so popular okay why do we binge true crime like don't we want to know about even like the darker parts of other people's minds or like why they would do the things that they do. So even when you bring that back into what you're curious about and extending grace to somebody else's perspective, I have got more backlash from people that are in a church-oriented mindset than I have ever gotten from anybody in spirituality, even an atheist. I've met a nicer atheist than I have a Christian. And I've met a lot of really wonderful Christians, but at the end of the day, I'm open-minded and if that's what you believe, can you just have a conversation with me about it? I just kind of want to understand as best I can. But if I found my limit with you, I'm not going to start being mean to you and and disregarding and telling you that what you're doing is wrong. Those are the people that I'm just really not about. By the way, uh, back to near-death experience before we hop to a new topic. 
since you're writing stuff down, I actually had this guy as a guest on my podcast. It's called The Light After Death. Okay, I'm looking for that episode. wrote a whole book and it talks about like, I think it's 10 insights that his spirit guide gave to him during his near-death experience. Um, he definitely goes through all of them in the episode if you don't have time to read the book. But this dude had me in actual like vulnerable confirmational tears during mm-hmm. it. I was so humbled during his episode because it just felt it was true like all these things that I still even though I know are true but I still question more and more to remain open I just I tell everybody about this book I've had so many people reach out and go I just listened to Vinny's episode and I am just blown away well that yeah you got to interview him I gotta go find that episode oh he's amazing yeah it's on Spotify Apple wherever you want to listen to him but if the book is called the light after death and it goes into 10 times more detail than what we got to on the episode, but he gave me a lot of time to go through stuff. And I got to talk to him afterwards. And I wish that I could repeat the stories that he told me afterwards because they're amazing and insightful and spiritual, but they were just between us. And like I said, I take people's secrets to the grave. So shout out to you, Vinny, for doing this book because it's extremely powerful. I feel like I'm going to go ahead and skip the topic of non-believer to believer because in some aspect, we've done it. And paranormal, I really do think ties into spirituality. Like you seeing the wolf could be considered paranormal. Exactly. Me seeing ghosts since I was a kid and being told I'm not seeing anything and then finally realizing that I have seen dead people my whole life. And then I had to realize, like even when I was in the middle of the experiences and I was like, I'm acknowledging that this is happening, but getting further away from the event horizon and being comfortable with telling people, hey, I had this experience, this happened. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it now. I've told the stories enough and I've told it to enough of like naysayers and skeptics that I'm like, I don't care if you don't believe me, this happened to me. So there's somebody out there that might be able to talk to me about this. Yeah, I feel like that the the paranormal stuff again lies under that that umbrella of like, there ain't no logic science that could explain the things that I and other witnesses have witnessed. So yeah, and again, like for me, again, (laughs) just from like a a frequency perspective, just think Mm -hmm. of I always tell people if they don't believe I was like, what about visual light spectrum? Have you ever looked at that chart? And they're like, no. And I was like, pull it up on your phone right now. And I just, I don't walk them through it. I said, I just want you to look at it for a minute because you want it to go process through their mind. You don't want to hold their hand. So they're like, wait a minute, this is all I can see. I go, yeah, and this is everything around you that you can't see, but it's there. And we've mathematically measured it. So... What else do you think is actually out there that we can't see because science hasn't measured it, can't measure it, or won't measure it? You know, like there are so many things past us, right, that we can't really get into. But I like, I want to normalize this stuff for people, not so they abandon their faith and destabilize their whole life and start taking mushrooms and turn into a fucking guru. That's not my point. The point is we're all in some sort of indoctrination of some kind. There's some type of programming. And there are a lot of things that need healed. And I think that all of us, no matter what we were brought up on, we are all taught that we should love and help each other. It's easier said than it is done. But there are so many people out there doing good work. And Mm -hmm. since it's all so labeled because humans need label, then after labeling, you have judgment. Like, oh, well, that has that label. I can't do it. 
oh, that yeah. has that label, I can't do it. And that's not really the case. Now, trust me again, like I do steer clear of a lot of like clergy stuff and that definitely has a lot to do with trauma, but I'm also an ordained minister and I did it because I love marrying people. I love being in that moment of love, bringing families together. If they choose to have God in the speech or whatever they do but most people that come to me they want it to be about them and a little like understanding what's coming together yeah they don't want a sermon they don't want a church service they want <laughs> to get married kiss each other honor and, yeah and have and their party. love be honored yeah so yeah. i'd always just like i told you earlier off record i always wanted to be a librarian so i'm a dewey decimal <laughs> system this bitch one day in a bigger house i will do it and I will be like, look, I have my own library. And I always wanted to be a minister when I was younger. I thought it was so great to speak to people, but I didn't want to do it the church's way. way. There was no, that there way. was no religion I ever fit into. Like all of them yeah. pull from the same universal laws at the end of the day, whether it's smoothed over with somebody else's agenda or it is the actual truth. It's up to you to decide. Um, so when I realized I could just become ordained, I told you, you could just go online and do it really quick. You're ordained in like almost 50 States. Um, you get to present them another option where they don't feel so restrained by going like, Oh, I'm not a religious person. Now I want to get married. Do I have to go to a religion that I don't buy into to have this guy overtake my wedding when mm -hmm. I just want this and this and this. And I've thoroughly enjoyed doing that because love is the highest frequency. Go ahead and call it God. Go ahead and call it Jesus. Call it whatever you want. The end of the day, it's unconditional love. It's not conditional, it's unconditional. And that's what I tell everybody. I said, I don't put a religion. I don't put anything. If non-denominational is the label that you need. Sure. Sure. Like, Use it. <laughs> whatever. Because I wave in and out of them, right? Again, it's yeah. the non-attachment that I have to be. Um, what do you think about UFO encounters? I was just going to ask, do they count as paranormal? That's a whole different I mean, category. I guess depending on your perspective. Right? Yeah, see, in my world, they'd almost blend. Um, yeah. But I'm just going to share, like, I was in Mexico a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. and um, saw some stuff that couldn't be explained. And it opened up that, like, my boyfriend's really curious about UFOs. And so, but when I told him that I, he was like, what? Like, you've actually seen things? I'm like, ah, and it, like, yeah, I think so. And it was one of the first times that I ever admitted, similar to you being like, I've seen dead people. I'm like, I've seen orbs and maybe aliens. I don't know. Ships. I don't know I what don't I've know. seen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is terrifying. I feel like that with you too. I've seen orbs. Um, for sure. I remember one night I got with a group of people and this is why I believe collective consciousness is so powerful, whether in small groups or big groups. Yeah. Um, and we like all four of us out here, we had a complete extraterrestrial experience just from looking up at the sky and like focusing in, we could just see, I don't, I still don't even know so how to explain it. My <laughs> It's free because it's 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 wild when you experience it, but this is my true understanding is like, y'all, we're aliens. Mm -hmm. We too are floating on a little blue ball in an infinite space. We're the aliens too, and probably a lot less intelligent, and we're okay. Well, no, I know we're okay because we're okay. If they want it, if something wanted to do something, it would. Yeah. Definitely. So, 
Um, we're aliens. Other things are aliens. I have no idea what exists out there, but I'm sure all kinds of things. I really and just think it's more... I, I can used to think it. it was more like... <laughs> kind of like that's, going to another town, right? Like right. that's how I used I, to think about other planets. But then yeah. the dimensions and the frequencies and the densities came into play. And I was like... <gasps> Oh, this opens a whole other portal. But that's maybe that's why too for me it's important for me to be in love, to me for me to be at the highest frequency possible because the humans respond really well to a good frequency, animals respond to a really good frequency. I feel like aliens from other planets will also probably respond to a very loving mm-hmm. <laughs> frequency. Well, so you can only hope, right? Yeah, I feel like it's, you know, like Covers all the bases there with all so the things and all the creatures. believe that there is something out there. And yes. I mean, UFO is probably the best way that we could say it. Because yeah. that could be a, a like our rabbit hole of me talking about Pleiadian starseeds and Tagetans. Right. Like there's so many. I mean, right. There's like people who have names and already think. So, I mean, yeah, it's sure. I'm open to all of it. Lightworkers and psychic mediums. I feel like we're all, all, my opinion, I think we are all capable of those powers. And the people who claim it, claim it. Sometimes they don't claim the label, but I have experienced these powers being done to me and through me. So, door shut. Yes. I feel that too. (laughs) And again, like I said, I experienced things when I was younger, obviously shut it down because it's not like that doesn't fit in the family type aspect. But, um... When you understand Claire's senses are just like we have these senses, right? Like I'll have sight, all smell, of them, taste, touch, like, all that. These are your confession. spiritual senses. They're Claire senses, right? And even intuition, confession. like the blueberries. That's a Claire sense, exactly. Like the that I knew. Yeah, part of me knew that she needed that kind of nutrition, whatever kind of you know whatever is inside that was able to make that happen. Energy, mm-hmm. who knows little side note here but i feel like pertains to this there's a the huge trend of i wish i had my hair down so i could flip it i'm an empath (sighs) okay and i don't mean to offend you if you're listening you think you're an empath i think you are one too because you're human sweetheart we're all human we all have capability of empathic powers are yours strong probably Mm -hmm. is it a lot and overwhelming these empathic powers yes but this whole, I just, I don't like specializing anything. Like, oh, I'm an empath, so I'm special. Like, oh, I'm a Christian, so I'm special. But like, that's oh, why you oh, always bring gender, it back so down to the human you. level, right? Yeah. Like, you're yeah. just like, humans need labels. We need, like, job titles and business cards and businesses. And but I'm don't this, think and that I'm you're this, the only one. This. You're not the only realtor. Yes, you're not the only empath. The one. There's not, like... People, like non-empath can't understand us. It's not like it's only like that because you make it like that. Yeah, everybody's able to tap into it. Some people, I mean, yeah, I knew that I, the like even the way I described it to my mom when I was younger, she's like, "Why are you so angry right now?" And I'd be like, mm-hmm. "I feel like I'm a garbage can for everybody else's emotions, and you guys dump them all in me, and you feel better, and then I'm left feeling like shit." And she's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you're responsible for the way that you react to the world. And I'm like, I am, but I feel like I'm, like, being infiltrated all the time. And then when I came into, like, the spiritual side of being an empath, 
I was like, oh, well, maybe this isn't a curse the way that like I feel it because it has like riddled me with anxiety. And then it became like an embodiment of it where I was like, I'm aware that I've now tapped into this like with an understanding. So I'm just going to be careful where I actually put myself because I, mm -hmm. I don't want to be one of those bubble people. You know, they're right. like, you're not allowed to trigger me. That offended me. That triggered <laughs> me. I'm like, thank your triggers for they show you where you're not healed. Right. I have plenty of like memes for people that want to be like, um, please don't offend me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I can be most like that with those closest to me. Not even going to lie. But yeah, you got to realize that's not how well, things are just going to happen. They're going to be said. They really are. And I mean, like, I'm on the same boat, like, the egotistical side of, oh, I'm an intuitive empath this, like, I can see everything, I can see everything. Like, I understand, again, embodying and then almost, like, gatekeeping it, like, you're the only one with the superpower. Um, no. No, that's <laughs> not a thing. And I don't, I don't need to go any further than that because I'm just like, no. And I, again, I don't want to offend anybody. But I also think that we all go through, like, some weird transition of like the human ego to a spiritual ego and we totally. see everything so so there is like you have to learn not to bypass you have to learn still not to live out of that ego brain because it's never going to go away and if anybody tells you that your ego goes away they're the wrong person for you because you are unifying that yeah. white and that dark that's, together totally that's you're actually your like... disposition that's mm -hmm. what you do because the ego is still going to protect you right but you just don't need yeah. that bitch running the show. One <laughs> of my favorites, and again, if I never would have experienced this in my life, I would have thought that it was sci-fi. And I don't mean that anything against the religion that it actually comes from, because I never want to disrespect um, the religion that it comes from and all the people that teach it. Kundalini Awakenings. Oh. So I experienced one before I even knew what it was. Mm. Um, I had this crazy experience when I was younger and after it was over, I was still just so like mind fucked by it because it didn't make any sense why it happened and the sensations that happened like on my body, like energetically now I understand, but energetically I was like, this is so weird. So like I got on, it was probably Ask Jeeves at the time, right? We still had that search engine around. <laughs> Shit, I forgot about Ask Jeeves. Yes, you Ask Jeeves for everything. Um, yeah, so I kept typing in, like I was just trying to describe it the best I could. I was like white light shooting up my spine, um, golden light that shoots up my spine. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how to say it. I was like, this happened to me. I want to know what happened. I didn't even have the term spiritual. I was energy. I was so freaking lost. And again, like the internet today wasn't the internet that we have right. now. No, right? we're not asking you here, people. Okay. Yeah. Limited resources. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you you still have like very taped together websites and resources, and fact checking yeah. is probably still not a thing, even though people say it is. But um, back then, Wikipedia. Free you know what all. I'm saying? Yeah, it's a free for all. So I just kept, I remember I came across Kundalini Awakening and then chakras. 
but I could not understand it all. I wanted to. I thought it was fascinating. I thought it was interesting. I was still scared that like it couldn't pertain to me because I had right. grown up Christian, right? I was like, well, this can't pertain to me because I'm completely different. Like, dang it, you know, I incarnated on the wrong side of the world. Like there were so many like barriers when I would come across this information, but I knew. So luckily I have been writing everything and keeping it since I started journaling and I would just print the pages out and I would date and timestamp them and I would put them away because it's been proven over even just journal entries alone that I really, really like my future self will find this and she will know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. I know that I'm interested and I know an evolved part of me down the road will be able to do it. So life goes on. A couple different experiences happen to me over and over. And I can't get this feeling that happened at the, ba at the base of my hips all the way. I just can't get out of my mind. I, I have to know what happened. I have to know what it is. I have to know about what all the other experiences are because I was changed after it. But it was like, it wasn't the spiritual awakening change that I had that really transformed. It was like, uh, hey, look, like this is what's coming your shock way in the future. The system. Like, yeah, it was a shock to the system. It was almost like, I describe it like a heart defibrillator at the time. Because yeah. I was in a horrible place at the time. Um, I usually don't talk about this often, but this is one of the main things that I'll go and talk about like the reason that I love talking about self-love. I um, predetermined my suicide for the age of 25 at the age of 20. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, I have five years to just do whatever I want to do. I'm tired of everybody telling me this is the way, this is the way you're doing it wrong. You fucked up. Like there were so many voices in my head and I didn't even, I didn't have a voice in my head. I had everybody else that I just wanted to fucking die. And you wouldn't know that hanging out with me because I'm too busy catering to you or telling a joke or whatever. Yeah, listening you know? to you. Yeah. yeah, like I, Robin Williams of the group 100%. And I would sit there at night and I would wonder like how I'm actually going to do it when the time comes. But oh, hey, I'm 21. I just turned 21. I'm just going to figure this out. Um, still not making like the best choices in life, but even when I was making the best choices in life, I was still like, I was almost excited because I was like, I know my end's 25. So mm -hmm. I know that I only have this time left and I'm just going to enjoy this ride the best I can. Um, I'm going to literally like make sure that everybody understands. Like I get to have my talk with everybody that people usually don't get with sudden deaths. Like it was rehearsed in my mind. I'm going to write the letters, the people that I can talk to. I'm going to make sure I say the right things that they always want to know from me. I want to make sure that I hang out with these people. I want to have this experience. Um, and I mean, like it was a fantasy to me almost. I was like, oh, I just can't wait to die. It just really, it sucks that I have to take myself out, but this is, this is better for me. I do not want to continue down this way. I don't even know, I don't know how to recorrect these things that I've done. And I already feel that I'm just doomed anyways. So 25 just sounds like a really good cutoff. Um, and then I had this experience and I remember driving away from it and I was like driving and I was listening to my song and kind of the moment with the mountains, like the wheat field just looked like more golden than it ever had. And I was so elated and I was so inspired. And it wasn't because 
oh, I only have five years left. It was, I think I want to live. That's, that's weird, you know, because I've like neurologically you think of, right? Like how thick that suicide ideation pathway had actually been built up for so many years. This wasn't like just decided at 20, like this has been building since 11, 12, 13 and on. And it's just consistently being shoved in this folder, getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I have this experience and it literally busted all of those away and like showed me this different perspective. And it was just, I was like, I wanna live, that's weird. Well, how am I gonna pull this shit off, right? Like, I'm like, I've already maxed out my credit cards. Like, not really, but that's kind of how it felt in my mind. I'm like, I don't really know what to do now. This is so confusing. You know, I I love people. I wanna help people. Um, I love animals. I wish I could, like, there are so many things I wanted to do, but I really didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know who to go to with my dreams and my aspirations because they only know the way that they know. Yeah. Yeah. So kundalini awakening in my opinion was one of like the main like dick punches that I had (laughs) before I knew anything about spirituality before I knew a damn thing I was just like I had this experience and now I need to know why which would be the same thing as someone with a near-death experience that they're like I had this experience and now I want to know why and I don't want to know it from a neurological perspective where you tell me that I was just hallucinating because of chemicals in my brain. Like there's always another vantage point. And honestly, because that experience happened to me, it literally led me down like the craziest pathway in my life. Like had that not happened, I don't know what would have happened to me. You always want to believe that like somebody else or some other experience will come in and shift you, shift you. But I was like, I know for a fact, like had this, particular instance this time in my life not happen this time to breathe and really honestly be in a really safe space yeah I just I can't tell you because obviously that timeline didn't happen maybe it did in the multiverse um but I'm always like supremely grateful when I talk about it because it was a really like beautiful but like scary moment in my life and I still think about it to this day like it comes up in meditations and I'm like stop I don't want to I don't want to think about that right now. Like, okay, I had a Kundalini awakening. That's fine. <laughs> um, let's, yeah, let's like focus on the future, right? Let's, where are we going with this? Why, why did this happen is probably the best thing that I would say. But, well, but have you let it in and you'll know why. It's trying to, it's trying to tell you why. When oh, it's I coming mean, in, I know, right? but it, like it when, comes in like a reminisce are, sometimes. When things are coming knocking, that's the why. Well, that's great. I have some more writing to do. Thank you for that. <laughs> She's like, I gotta let you go. I was like, I, got, I gotta get off here. Bye, guys. See you on the next episode. Blah, blah. Um, no outro have music. you experienced anything like that, though? Like a uh, so, energy so was... shoved up your spine and your brain explodes and you can see better and you want to live? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I The spine thing, not so much. I don't know if I could label it the kundalini but well, I, mean, I will say that yoga, I do right? so you understand and I do relate the suicidal ideation since I was young that actually it kind of inspires me I think I think I want to talk about that more on TikTok I think I want because there's a the fact that there's nine-year-olds killing themselves these days like really breaks my heart and oh. I but I've suffered from it so I I don't know I I suffered from it yesterday like I want to I want to talk about it 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think a it's real. Just, and it, um, I have moments like I think ideation is important to say besides I am suicidal. I am right, suicidal exactly. means I'm going to do it. Ideation right. is the thought and it's not like you want to kill yourself. You just want peace and you want it to stop, right? Which we can right. identify with so many things in my life. You have a million amazing things going on in your life on top of your family. It can be overwhelming. You, yeah. I feel the same way with the things that I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. I love the life that I'm building. It is hard, but it is worth it. And then there are days where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore and I love all of it and that Mm -hmm. is the one thing that I study the most about it because I'm like I'm not gonna do it but I am going to observe the fact that that red button is going off in my head again and it's Tuesday and I'm having a good day this doesn't make sense to me and I'm not I'm not gonna push that one away um but I think it should be talked about more and again it should be normalized we don't that's, want to have that's, this bloody that's what I want to do. like I think I think that's why a lot of people do it or worse, you know, other things to numb it is because it's not normalized because mm-hmm. you feel so misunderstood and shamed and like everything you feel gets like quantum mathed on you. Or people like, oh my God. We, I'm going to check on you more. I have to worry about you, which again, like I, kudos to you for checking on your friends. But right, it's like, right. where do you go with thoughts like that where people don't feel like you need to be locked up, medicated, or, you know, the Bible read to you? Like, oh, don't you know this could happen, this could happen, this could happen? Like, none of us really know at the end of the day. We're trying the best we can, which is why platforms like this exist, to just go, hey, I found this. I'm going yeah. to introduce it to your intuition and do whatever you'd like to do. If you listen to your Take intuition, you I guess. Take what yeah, you will like- with it. Totally fine. But I, the normalizing um, suicide ideation is like a main passion, which is why I started the show with the suicide series. So the oh, first okay. three yeah, episodes yeah. are the suicide series. And I actually had Hans Wilhelm come on. He's an amazing... I could have listened to that yesterday, but I was like, you know, when you're so, and you're like, I don't want to hear anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I I mean, if you're having ideation, you probably don't want to listen to that one. But he even gave like his take on spiritual. And I believe in some of it, but I'm still a bigger Dolores Cannon, like the details of Dolores Cannon. So um, I enjoyed him coming on after that. The crazy thing about it was I actually had a friend um, unalive himself while we were recording that series and it hit home even more how I had two friends. I had one attempt and I had one that actually did. And I got calls a couple weeks apart from about all of them. And um, I was like, this needs to be talked about more. Like as I'm recording these episodes, as I'm trying to find these guests that are courageous enough to come forward, I, I know I haven't talked to you guys in 10 years, but you're still my friends. I still care about you. I know we're not in each other's lives and we've moved on, but like a good life. I care. Yeah. I care about both of you. And now one of you is not on earth anymore because you decided that you just couldn't do it anymore. And again, it really, it's passionate. Like if I could have just like a suicide ideation podcast, I would, but I think it would get super dark all the time. So I definitely prefer what I'm doing, but highlighting it, I mean, 
yeah, it's a big passion from my personal experience with suicide attempts and ideation. And then just everybody that I've talked to that's like, okay, I'm going to tell you because you won't be alarmed. You know, you're not going to react. You're just going to listen. You're not going to try to lock me up or like. Yeah, I just need someone to listen to me. And that's usually what it is. They need someone to listen to them. Thank gosh for those hotlines. I knew that they do make, I have reached out to like a texting hotline before once because I was so deranged about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank gosh that those things do exist. But yeah, it's, and the way that I've logically understood it to bring it back to the whole conversation of like frequencies and not just suicide ideation, but all of them. It's just one of the many stations that we can be a radio for. So like, that's how I can usually talk myself out. I was like, this isn't something coming from me. This is not a truth coming from me. This is a passing frequency. Like I'm going through my fucking radio stations, whatever. And, but you've listened to this station a lot, girl, for yeah. 20 years. I'm yeah. almost 34 years old. Oh, that's so true. So that's- I find out now I think I'm just homesick. Like as much as I love everything about my human experience and everything that I've experienced, 3D level, 5D level, anything spiritually, anything at all. Um, I have faith. I have a moral compass. Yeah. I believe in karma to the fullest. I want to be nice to people, but I will defend myself and stand up. You know, like I have all these things. Um, but when I get those moments now, especially when I'm in like very happy moments of my life, um, I am homesick for a place that I can't picture anymore. And I just picture it like a very big, just like a, a movie unfolding in my head where I lived in California and I moved to the other side of the country and I've been away from California so long that I have glimpses of this home state, but I don't even know where it is anymore. I don't know what it looks like. I feel like I've been gone too long. Yeah, sorry. Okay, it happens. (laughs) Um, And I think that like for me, I having that understanding is like calling it out when it comes to me. It's like, oh, I don't really want to do this anymore. It's like, I think you do want to do it anymore. I just think today you're homesick and it's okay to be homesick. So go do something that reminds you of home. Like go look at the flowers, you know, go look at the trees, go, go do whatever you need to do. But it's not watch a movie that reminds you of your Nana. That's what I ended up doing yesterday. But I love that. Go do like I'm going to that's going to be with me. Forever. Yeah. Well, I they just read it. in a Dolores Cannon book, like all these people are having um, hypnosis sessions or even like near death experiences. And they're all telling the same thing about the mm-hmm. mirroring of the trees. Like a tree on earth is literally a mirror image, but a lesser, lower density image of what the trees actually look like up on the highest frequency that they're allowed to gravitate to. And each of the flowers, each of the petals have a certain musical tone and it's harmonious Mm -hmm. and they never die because they're eternal flowers and the smell is like the most expensive perfume you could ever smell and it's glorious and it's natural and it's beautiful and I'm like no wonder I'm homesick like my favorite stories are near-death experiences and people trying to describe to me this place that I miss so much you know Mm -hmm. these people that I miss being with even though I don't want to take for granted any of the people that I'm on earth with but I just think transparency and vulnerability I have these moments and they don't come as often but when they do they demand my attention 
and I get pulled away from all the other things that I do love. But I can't, if I shove it down, then I die. And that is something that I know about myself. And I absolutely refuse to deny any spectrum of my emotions like that just because I'm aware of what happens when you shove that stuff down for so long. You will try to attempt, you will try to run away and you'll kind of act like someone that you never wanted to be. There's the yep. <laughs> foreshadowing to the novel. I'll have a ghostwriter one day. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, that, it, that sums up my day yesterday. And if anyone wants to know what kind of day I had. I had manic moments yesterday, but I always, I always to take pressure off myself with realizing that I'm an energy being. I mm -hmm. love auditing my physical body. Like, did I do the correct nutrients? No. Well, serotonin yeah. level down. Mm. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, am I behind on stuff? Do I have this anxiety? Um, like, let's check in with our bodies, you know, like in yoga. Let's do some breath work. Let's see what's tight. But then um, there's... And then there's days I don't feel like doing any of that. And I just kind of ride the down seconds. wave. And I'm like, I know seconds. I'm not going to do anything, but man, I do not like feeling like this. No. And Abraham Hicks, I do love the way they put it. Those are the days where it's like, you just jumped out of a helicopter. Nothing you can do. Might as well just like, you'll, you'll land eventually. Mm -hmm. If you go to sleep, you'll land quicker. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they're always like, take a nap. But I love that advice. All else fails, take a nap. You'll hit the ground quicker, metaphorically speaking, and um, hopefully oh, wake up a little bit refreshed. I always have to just go outside and put my feet on the ground and just like breathe and, and get that. Tell myself like how see. pretty everything around me is. Because if I go like if I'm overthinking, like it's like really like a manic day, which manic to me, uh, I probably look like I took a bunch of Adderall, and I haven't taken that shit in so long. I would be so <laughs> screwed if I ever tried it again. Um, but like I'll lay there and like my eyes will just go back and forth and my breathing. You would think I was hiding in a closet from a stranger, just like. I, yeah, right. I would love to be able to go to sleep in those phases. And if you can, bless yeah. you, you know, bless how great. But I really, like, I have to go and, like, physically touch stuff. I have to go and, like, touch the tree and sit down on the ground. My dogs will pull me out of anything. They'll literally walk up, and they're so full of love all the time. All they want to do is cuddle and just, like, be on me. And I'll just, I'll just be like, Jax, mom doesn't feel good today. And then, like, immediately I say, I don't feel good. He puts his, like, paw on me, and he just looks at me, and he just, like, licks me. And then my beagle comes up to me, and she's mm -hmm. like, Mom, I'm here too. You know, like, if you're that lovely pet owner, you know when your dogs get up in you, like, you can hear, you can hear yeah. them. They're like, we're here for you. And then, um, I mean, I had, like, a really, like, down couple weeks one time, and I would just lay there and cuddle with my dogs after I would take Monroe to daycare because it's the only thing that would relieve the anxiety in my chest. And, you know, when, like, your heart is just beating and you have no idea why, it feels like you have two heartbeats sometimes, and you're just like, this this isn't even mine. And, like, back yes. to the empath thing, yeah. being understanding that all of us have empathic ways is important yeah. because yeah. sometimes it's not yours. Right. And a lot of times. I'm not about to process anybody's bullshit for them. You know, I got to drop that. I have my own stuff to do. So even in my auditing, I'll be like, is this mine or is this yours? Is this mine or is this yours? Is this mine? Whose is it? Light mm -hmm. some sage, light some incense, 
say prayers, affirmations, mantras, they all work. It has all to do with intention, if you ask me. Of course. Yeah. And then I feel really it. powerful after, like, after it, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got through another one. Thank you to that Mary <laughs> Poppins bag. Ooh. Yes, it was puppy cuddles, some earthing, and some tapping this time. You know, I don't know what it's going to be I'm glad next you brought time. up those two things, too. Mm-hmm. People, not, those are like favorite, favorite tools in the bag. Mm-hmm. Earthing, if people don't, I don't know if you've seen it. There is, there's a free documentary about it on YouTube. Mm-mm. It's done really well. They did it really well. So I always tell like everybody, even the muggles, watch, <laughs> watch Earthing. Even the muggles. <laughs> Oh, God, that's so funny. Plus the muggles, we need them, too. And they need to watch the Earthing movie, too. Most of them probably don't, but I still tell them. Well, I like the ones, again, like, especially with stuff like Earthing. Um, there are, like, scientific graphs about it that yes. help And this muggles. this documentary, man, the scientific proof is fun to watch. Oh, it was done really well. Those. And it's free on YouTube, so why not? It's almost like the mushroom documentaries for people that are like, oh, my God, it's a drug. I'm like, okay. Because that's almost okay. legal here in, in uh, Colorado, too working on it well so i have a cousin that actually just started a mushroom company not the trippy ones but like lion's mane and like the super seven type ones and she has two she just dropped i'm gonna buy them in the next couple months i think they're both a 30 day dose um and i'm just going i'm literally going to track my progress every day with them because i've been looking for a product to microdose like literally i put it out in the universe i was like i don't know where to go i don't know what company to trust i'm not doing it until i feel good about it i got on instagram my cousin's like bam i have a mushroom company and i was like oh i trust you i trust you i'll be (laughs) i'll be buying that for sure so i trust you really excited about that Cute. Let's see. And this has been a bold, like a, a really good time. Your message this morning really helped me. I do have to cut this short though because my child yeah. has been just, with an electronic babysitter pretty much this whole time. I was downstairs. just thinking, I'm like, we've honestly really cleared up almost everything on the see? episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for the most part, it all really ties in together. I think we're hitting about two hours, anyways. Which, wow. We are if, if anybody, if anybody can listen to the whole, I don't know how much you'll edit out. If anyone listens to the whole thing, just leave evidence. Say hello. Introduce yourself. I would love to know. Yes, leave evidence for real. I'd I know a lot know of people that will just like put it on in the background. But no, I say, before but we do if, get off here, I want people to know where they can reach you. I have your descriptions in the bottom for everybody, but I always love to give everybody a chance to just kind of promote themselves in the end. If anybody was inspired attached yeah, just wants wanna, to wanna message you and be like i loved your episode thank you for being so vulnerable however i just always want to make sure that connection that communication is open to whoever wants it totally especially because if you did listen this whole time and enjoy it and maybe can recognize something that i've that i dare i say pride myself on is that um i am I can be a really good guide. I have full understanding that this is your journey. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really good at holding up mirrors for people mm-hmm. and helping them guide themselves. I never guide anybody. I just help you guide you. Yeah, just and return to self. So you can find out, yeah, you can find out about how I do that at um, Wealthy Woman, W-O-M-B-A-N, WealthyWoman.com. And then... 
I'll have a little, I, I always have fun little side, like um, my one little side thing I'm not promoting yet, but I just want to say it. I do have a private label product that's launching on Amazon. So like I do, I, I'm a total entrepreneur. I have, and that was investor backed. And so I, I am at that level now where I'm able to do that, but I've. Well, good for you. Make sure you send me the link so I can add it to your episode and then we can find out more about it when you're yeah, ready Yeah, what to kind of product it. I did. Yeah, yes. it's really exciting. Well, so. I appreciate you so much for coming on today and is, again, as transparent as you are, Thank you know, you. <laughs> that's like the main compliment about you, but I really do. Um, I love everybody that comes on and does this. It just. It's so fun. Mm. You're so fun to talk with. Thank you for the safe space. And I, I'm usually the one that creates the safe space. When I saw your podcast, I was like, oh, she creates a safe space so much that she labels it that. Let's go. Yeah, Let's I just go. put it right in your face. Yeah, just until. so you know, yeah. we got cookies in the back. <laughs> yeah, you are good over here. Again, I thank you. Um, and I'm sorry that you can't hear this music on your way out, but you will be able to hear it when it launches. So to my friends that are still listening, Vitality Exposed is going to bring us the song Clean by Neovi off his new album, Dusk. If you haven't checked it out yet, I honestly can't believe it because I talk about it all the time. Thanks for sticking with us. I love you all and we'll see you on the next episode. So clean. This is the Hoosier Media Network, your home for podcasting.